There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Yankees fan of this podcast. Aaron Judge is back. I'm back. I am feeling pretty good about where the Yankees are right now, even though they're in last place. My name is Andrew Gambardella III, and joining me, as always, the Red Sox fan of this podcast. They may be one slot ahead of the Yankees in the standings, but this man always has a place in my heart, Mr. Matthew David Beal. Beal, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing <laughs> pretty good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Yeah, we both have a long week of work, so we're not – filming this until Friday of this week. Usually we film on, or not film, but record on Mondays. Uh, so it's it's been it's been a little while. We're both excelling in our careers, and, and hopefully we can excel in this one day too, Beal. But in today's video, um, for our listeners, uh, we are going to make these Red Sox talk as always, and then we're going to break down each team and whether or not they should be buyers or sellers going into this year's trade deadline on August 1st. We're recording this three days before the, the trade deadline in the major leagues. And it, I have a really important question. Yeah, ask it. When we're going through buyers and sellers, is it if we think they should be buyers or sellers or if we think they will be buyers or sellers? Ooh. Well, we can make that distinction if you think there's a difference between the two of them, and we, we can discuss those. Fair enough. Um, okay. Yeah. Will be and should be are two very different things. All right. So we're, we're guessing if they are going to be, not whether or not they should be. Yep. Okay. okay. But yeah. 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 That sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. All right. But we're going to start with the Yankee, and I hinted at it in the intro. Aaron Judge is back off of the injured list. This Yankees team was below 500 without Judge for the past 45 games of the season. They have, during that time, fell all the way from third place in the division with the playoff spot to all the way to last place in the AL East. This team is just completely different with Aaron Judge. And that is not really a good thing to me because we're a one-trick pony. It's everybody gets better pit getter bet, better pitches to hit when Judge is in the lineup because everybody's so scared of him. Besides Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge is the most dangerous hitter in the major leagues, and 
honestly, having him back makes me confident that this team is going to make the Obviously, this doesn't make me confident that this team is a World Series contender, but the trade deadline could change things. And we're going to be breaking this down later in the show. But to me, my Yankees are de- should be buyers and will be buyers come deadline season. Every AL East team is going to be a buyer. Um, it just depends on how much they're buying. But no, no team in the AL has a reason to be a seller right now. So I agree with that. I think that's a fair assumption. Um, I also think the Red Sox will be buyers. I don't think they're going to go over the luxury tax because they basically told us at the beginning of the year that they were not going over the luxury tax. I don't think that's anything um, about what they're going to do at the deadline. Uh, I, I think we're still where we were at. As we but the Red Sox have already Paxton and trades the guys that have been performing well on the Red Sox who are a little bit older that would be very good trade pieces and have short contracts they're not on the table so I think it's very clear the Red Sox will be buyers uh, to some extent Um, and honestly I kind of consider any team not selling to be a buyer because if you're staying where you're at if you're going for the playoffs if you think you could get there I think you're in, uh, a buyer in some way, shape, or form, and likely you're going to make a trade. Uh, the Red Sox will not make a massive splash, but uh, I did hear uh, some uh, murmurs that Paul DeYoung might be coming to the Red Sox. That would be awesome. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that as long as we're able to get somebody where that contract doesn't push us over the luxury tax, then... I'm happy with it. If you go over the luxury tax, then you're going all in and putting all your chips in the basket on a team that has been up and down all year long. So I just don't see that being the case. But um, I'm happy with how the Red Sox are playing. Four games in a row, one, two against the Braves this week. Uh, Going to San Francisco against the Giants to play some late Eastern Coast games. Uh, Obviously, they're in San Francisco, so playing at 10 o'clock on Eastern Standard Time. So that kind of sucks. But I will be tuning in, um, and hopefully we can take some games against the Giants as well. But um, like you said, we're filming Friday, but we did pick our predictions for our teams, and I I thought the Red Sox would go 3-2 this week after beating the Braves twice. I don't know. Maybe maybe that number's going to go to (laughs) 4-1. Just maybe. And last week's season – uh, last week's total, I nailed with three and three. So that brings us to Europe five to four on the season or four to three. I know I just cut the lead to one. So this is a big week. It could be a turning point. You could continue to stretch. You could get that lead back to two or I could tie it up. I said the Yankees would go two and three. They split with the Mets and their offense still looked like shit. Now I did say they, they got Aaron Judge back, but with a weekend series in Baltimore, against a surging and honestly probably the second best team in baseball right now in the Baltimore Orioles. I don't see the Yankees winning this series. So I, my guess of two and three in prediction this week, I am feeling very confident that the Yankees win one in Baltimore and finish two and three this week. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think, I think I'm going to tie it up this week. I know that really doesn't matter, but I, I, 
to me, it shows that I know my team very well and, and you know, your team, uh, slightly better right now, but, uh, I'm coming. slightly better. <laughs> I'm coming. Um, and as we head into the second half of the season, obviously we have the trade deadline coming up, but I mean, the MVP races in both the, the American league and national league to me seem like runaways right now. I mean, Shohei Otani is the talk. Wait, do, is there, hold up. Maybe not. Is there just one MVP in the MLB? No, there's two. Okay, that's what I thought because it's two separate leagues. I still, I still don't get that. I mean, we could debate that. We could save that for another day. But I think there should just be one league-wide MVP because I think back, I back in the day, they used to play like no interleague games. So I get it. It was completely yeah. separate. But nowadays, you everybody plays everybody. So I think, I think yeah. there really should just be one MVP. It's it's very close to the NBA schedule, and obviously the NBA only picks one MVP. But like, it's just I don't know. It's so weird. Like you talk about the MLB and NBA and the differences between the two, and the MLB schedule is definitely getting closer to the NBA. Nobody cares about divisions. Even sometimes conferences don't matter in the NBA. It kind of just all feels like you know thirty teams together and you know one big old I don't know boondoggle and. And then you got the MOB where it's like very distinct divisions. So I don't know. It sounds like the MOB is going away from that and encouraging a lot more interleague play, obviously, with the schedule changes. But, yeah, I could see that going away if they keep going in this direction and being more similar to the NBA where if you ask somebody whose favorite team was the, I don't know, the Timberwolves, they not even know what division the Timberwolves are in. And I would not blame them for that at all. But it's just the culture that you get out of the NBA season. Yeah. And it's uh, honestly, the the American League is run away because Shohei Otani is the best player in the league and has been for the last couple of years because what he can do on both sides of the ball. But Corey Seager right now is batting 350 with over 1,000 OPS and is in second for any other year would be pretty much a runaway MVP candidate. Um, but he's not even close to where Shohei is because Shohei's batting 300, has over 35 home runs at this point, also over 1,000 OPS, and has like, what, 200 strikeouts already on the seat, 150 strikeouts, something like that. Dude with, is just with, with on another three, planet. Three ARA. He is incredible. He is going to get so much money this summer, and that is – Really, I mean, that's a great segue into the trade deadline because he's the talk of the town deal. If you had to pick one team that he's going to end up after the dust settles on August 1st, where do you think Shohei is going to end up after this trade deadline? I mean, maybe there's a little bit of hope left in here, but I, I really do think he's going to end up with the Angels. I uh, There's a lot of talk about him moving and wanting to win a championship. And the angles, angles, the angels are uh, making some concerted last last ditch effort to keep him around. Um, supposedly, are uh, buying in on this team and trying to make a push for the wild card. It's it, it's a little bit far fetched for sure, but I, if they do it and they do it right, they trade for the right pieces, get the right pitching around this team. I, I mean, you can't discount the angels they have the two best players in the mlb and uh, you know if if both of them are healthy for the rest of the year and they're able to reinforce that lineup and get some good guys in the rotation 
they have the money to spend. They have the trade pieces to to use. Um, I I think the Angels are going to go for it, and I think they're going to keep Shohei around. But it, the the ask from Shohei is just show us that you want to win. Show me that I should be here, and I shouldn't just go to the Dodgers or the uh, Padres or the Cubs or you know a team that really is looking like they're you know gearing up towards a a deep run. Um, I, I don't know why I threw the Cubs in there, but. Well, they are. They're they're gearing up for success. Yeah. They're they're making the right moves I, in the I right direction. Them. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw them in like the odds for Shohei. And it, you know, maybe he ends up a uh, place like that, and I think the Cubs uh, are desirable because of the age and the you know the young team that the Cubs are built on right now. And you know, if they invest in a guy like Shohei. You, you start building around that like the Rangers did with uh, Seager, Semien, and uh, DeGrom in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, they're definitely in the mix. But, I, I mean, it's it's hard to say that Shohei wouldn't want to go to one of these other teams that seem to have more promise. But um, I just – I think if the Angels really stick to their word and make this final push – it's the only way they could keep Shohei and Trout around. And, uh, I mean, I, obviously Trout has a long-term contract deal. But if if the Angels fail to keep Shohei around, uh, that sends a massive impact throughout this organization that is going to touch Trout and get to a point where he may not be uh, the happiest uh, ball player out there for the team. And... I think there's uh, they're realizing there's a huge impact here with how they manage Shohei and how they deal the situation going into the trade deadline. And I think it would be a mistake for them to sell, and I do think they're going to invest their chips right now while they can and uh, try to keep Shohei around and keep Trout happy. Yeah, I mean Trout is hurt again though. He's been he's been struggling to stay on the field and help out his fellow superstar and Shohei Otani. Um, and Shohei has been pretty quiet on whether or not he wants to leave this offseason. But you're, you're right. They either have to go for it. I mean, you said it very, very well. And from the news that I, that I just saw and just read up on this yesterday, Shohei pitched a one-hit shutout, full, full nine innings, and hit two bombs in the course of, of a doubleheader against the Tigers. He is incredible. He is literally – Corey Seager and DeGrom put together in one one ball player, and he only takes one roster spot. It is incredible the amount of value that he can bring to a team. And I I think the Angels have said they've taken him off the trade market. I think that is a smokescreen. I think they're close to a deal. I I don't know why, but for me, for them to come out and say he's off the market tells me that some team – just won the bid and they're very close to completing a deal because because yeah. Shohei doesn't seem very happy with the angels has said he want he's very open and will hear all offers they don't want to lose him for nothing i mean he is one of the best players could be one of the best players of all time you this would be a major downfall you're risking either keeping him still missing the playoffs as an embarrassment and then him walking for nothing which would be one of the it, it would be like you traded babe ruth 
for basically nothing back in the early 1900s. It would be as bad as that. So it would be an embarrassment and the Angels would be cursed for a very, very long time. Or they can trade him for a bunch of stuff. They won't be good for a while, but they haven't made the playoffs in forever, even with Mike Trout being on their team. So why not just reset again and go from the top? Because they have the best player in the league and they still can't win. Yeah, that's fair. I I can't blame you for thinking that. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. With that said, the Angels to me, we're going to move to our buyers and sellers segment to finish off the show today. Uh, the Angels, we'll start with the AL West. The Angels to me are sellers. They should be sellers. Um, and I think they will be buyers because they never do what they should be, should do. That's true. And that's purely what my prediction is based on. <laughs> I think they're going to be buyers because, well, honestly, it's not that they shouldn't be buyers. It's more risky to be a buyer. Um, and they're, they're playing that risk because they want to keep what they have. And I can't blame them for it. It's the only option to keep what they have. They can't be sellers and keep Shohei. So they're going to try to do their best to keep Shohei around, keep him happy, and they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. We've seen this tons of times before with the Angels. When they're right around 500, they turn into buyers, make the wrong deals, don't get any better, still miss the playoffs, and then lose their chance to rebuild. Um, And... I, I don't think this case is going to be any different. I, I do think they're going to be buyers, and I I don't know. I, I can't say one way or another. I'm not sure what they should do. I just think that there's a huge risk to being a buyer in this case, um, and you really need to make the right decision. I mean, especially in the American League with the AL East team, those five AL East teams who are all, who are all ahead of the Angels in the standings right now, and all yeah. that. Honestly, all better teams than the than the Angels, other than the fact that the Angels have Shohei. Yeah. So it it is uh, it's going to be a tough road to climb for them if they do end up being buyers. But they did already trade from Giolito for Giolito from the White Sox. So it looks like they're going for it. Um, yeah. So there's that. The Mariners. This this is the other team in the division to me where there's where there's a choice or whether or not which way they would go. I think to me, they should be, I don't know what they should be, but we're just going based on what they will do. And I think they will be sellers at the deadline. They made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years last year. So I think they're going to sell this year and revamp for next year, seeing how competitive the league is right now. They have a young roster. They sell maybe a, a veteran piece or two. Not they're like discount sellers. Like they're like yeah. sell a guy, you know, coming off a contract, maybe an aging pitcher for a younger arm, a younger set of arms, and just so they can reload for the future. Yeah, I like the way you said that. Maybe discount sellers. I I, I don't know. It, it's it doesn't make sense to buy the pieces that are on the market right now. You're buying veterans. You're buying older people. The the Mariners might trade you know older players for young players and i i don't know i don't know if you call that buying or selling i guess it leans more towards selling like that discount selling tactic and maybe you know selling some of your older players for guys who are in the triple a or almost mlb ready and guys who fit into that system better 
that's the only deal that I think the Mariners should be making. Um, in a sense, that's buying talent, but you know, overall, I, I guess you're making the major league team worse if you trade for younger talent. So yeah, I, I guess that fits under seller. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we agreed there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Do initially it. I was like they have to be buyers because they're over 500. But you're right. Like, what are you going to buy to make that team better for the future? Right. And it, it's not out there. Like, you need people who are in that age range and uh, you know fit in with that team. So I, yeah. I like your analysis there. Yeah, J. Rod and Ty France are going to be there for the foreseeable at least the next half decade. Yeah. So you have a little bit of time and a window. I, obviously, you don't want to give away a year, and I, I don't think they will. They're going to ju- just try to compete with this team pretty much as is um, and maybe try to get a little younger. I don't think we have to really talk about the athletics. They're sellers. They're, they're like, yeah. this is – I don't know what they have to sell. This is pretty right. much like a garage sale, you know, that you see a sign out front and you're like, oh, do I really want this or is this just – you know, like a little piece of crap that I'll just put on my mantle and I'll never use in my life. So, yeah, sorry to just dish on the athletics, but they're based, they're barely even an MLB team. Um, the Astros and Rangers, top of this division, buyers all the way. Yeah. They are excellent baseball teams and they should continue. They, the, both of these teams should not miss the playoffs. So right. they should be going for it. Yep. All right, moving over to the Central. This division stinks. Plain and simple, it stinks. And it's pretty cut and dry to me. The Royals, White Sox, Tigers are sellers. The Guardians and Twins. The White Sox are, already traded. Uh, yeah, they traded uh, half of their Gilito roster. And they just traded Lance Lynn to the Dodgers. Yeah, Joe Kelly, Roger. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, they traded two bullpen arms and two starting relief, starting pitchers already. They're sellers. So, do you agree with that? I think it's mono yes. mono twins versus guardians. Yeah, they, they might buy. They're going to be. They're going to discount buyers. They're obviously. I don't think they, as team, think they are World Series contenders because they just aren't that talented of teams. But you never know. Once you get into the playoffs, you play great ball at the right time, like the Phillies did last year, and you can go for a run. So getting to the playoffs could be. In baseball, it's kind of like hockey with what the Florida Panthers just did as an eight seed. Like you can go all the way as a as a pretty bad team. That's right. So the Heat just did it. Yeah. So getting in is everything in the playoffs, yeah. and I think it, it'll be down to the Guardians and Twins and the Central. Now getting to the East, we hinted at this. All of these teams will be buyers, if, and I think we both agree on that, right? Yeah, I want to ask if there's one team in this in this division who should be a seller. Who do you think it should be, and why? The Yankees. Okay, I'm because, and I say that because they clearly don't have a team that is, uh, like, the structure of this team does not last through injury of man named Aaron Judge. And the fact that the Yankees still have players like Donaldson and uh, IKF and, um, I don't know, Harrison Bader, like 
Yeah, well, maybe this guy. Okay, okay, they could hold on to him. But there is talent on this team that can be traded at the trade deadline to playoff teams that are making a push. Um, and the Yankees can start to rework the system. And I, I don't know, maybe it's not right to rebuild um, when you keep Aaron Judge. But I, I think it is right to clear up some cap before the end of the season so that they can go into the free agency as massive buyers and take on big contracts that they need, um, big contracts for guys that they could position around Aaron Judge, whether it be gearing up for a, a Shohei deal or you know, somebody else who hits the market. They need as much funds as they can get, and the deals that they have given to Donaldson, um, I mean, he's the one who really sticks out, is just not good for that franchise and their ability to to build around Aaron Judge, um, they they need talent and they need to get that through free agency. And I I, I think if they start um, you know trading some of those pieces right now, uh, one they'll have better trade pieces and prospects they might acquire, and two it's going to clear up that cap and clear up the space in their MLB roster to to start filling in and, and plucking guys in free agency. Every other team in this division is a well-rounded team, and I hate the Yankees, and I am biased when I say that, but I don't see the Yankees as a well-rounded team at all. Well, I totally agree with you there that they are not a well-rounded team, but they will never be sellers at the trade deadline. I don't think they will be, and I I don't really think they should be. To answer your question, I think they're the team that would most likely resemble a seller, like, you know, a slight change of their record. But that would signal for Cashman, you're right, this team is last in the division. They have a bunch of aging assets who are still pretty decent ball players who they can get some pretty decent prospects and young players for. But this is the Yankees we're talking about. This team will not be selling. If they did, Brian Cashman would lose his job, and he knows that. So I don't think he's going to be doing that because he's already on the hot seat. The other, the, the team that I think should should be sellers is I mean I could just go full bias and say the Red Sox because they had no expectations coming into the year but I disagree they don't they just don't have the pieces to sell to me I think the Blue Jays have a lot of big contracts that they can sell and with the likes of Bo Bichette and Vlad Vlad Guerrero and a young team this team kind of reminds me of the Mariners obviously this team is very talented and will probably make the playoffs this year. But if they were ended up being like a trade trade, like a like for like trade, just to get a slightly young, younger piece, like the Mariners as like discount sellers, I wouldn't be shocked if the blue Jays wound up being that. So I I think, and I think they, they should do that because the Orioles like the blue Jays are a younger team, but are a better younger team. And the Rays are just, I mean, they're just a machine at this point. And the Yankees aren't going going anywhere. The Yankees are going to chase down the Blue Jays and finish better than the Blue Jays this year with with the healthy Aaron Judge. That That's just going to happen. Um, and with the collapse of Alex Manoa's career, uh, who was who was their ace coming into this year, I think I think something needs to, to be done in Toronto. Some little 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 change. I don't know if it's slight buyers or slight sellers, but I think they're going to be pretty lateral movers here at the deadline. Uh, Moving over 
to the National League. We'll start with the National League East. Uh, to me, this is the most dynamic division in 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 the league. To me, I mean, you have the Braves and the Nationals at opposite ends. Obviously, the Braves are buyers, best team in the league, and the Nationals, one of the worst. They are sellers. They just are, um, and that's that's what they are going to be. But Beal, these three middle teams with the Phillies, Marlins, and Mets break down. Where you see what where you see these teams going come the trade deadline? I mean, I I think uh, the Mets are in the dust right now. Um, I I don't think they're going to blow it up because I do think that the Mets believe they have a good team, but I do think they're going to sell where they need to uh, cut away maybe some of the excess uh, guys who haven't been performing. But I, I don't see the Mets you know, rebuilding anytime soon. That's just not their MO, but they're not going to go for it in the playoffs this year. They don't, it does not seem to me that they believe they can make the playoffs, let alone perform well in the playoffs or late in season. So I do think the nationals and Mets will be sellers. Um, Again, the Mets to a certain standpoint, it's not like they're going to blow up the whole thing, but you know, maybe sell a couple pieces that just are not necessary. Everybody above that, I, I think, is going to buy. If you're seven games over 500, there's no reason why you shouldn't be buying. Um, I, I think the Marlins and Phillies have obviously a very good shot at the wild card. Um, the wild card is super tight in the National League, so they're going to have to improve significantly and improve uh, more than the the Reds or the Giants or the Diamondbacks improve at the trade deadline because uh, those are teams that they'll be competing with. So um, they need to outdo whatever, you know, those teams are essentially doing. Um, I, I think the Phillies obviously have a lot of uh, confidence in the talent that they have on that team. Um, Bryce and, you know, I mean, they've been there, done it before, just in the World Series last year. So I don't see them going anywhere. They're going to try to buy and they're going to try to make a push. And I, I do believe they uh, see this team as a, a World Series team. And then, obviously, the Braves, as you mentioned, will be massive buyers um, trying to get the best deals out there. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with you there. I, I think the Phillies and Marlins will be buyers and the Mets will be sellers. I, I But I think the Mets – well, I think the Mets should be sellers. I think they will be buyers. I, mm-hmm. I think they are going – to try to to still make the playoffs. Um, Interesting deadline. I, I I just I don't see Steve Cohen wet waving the white flag. He hasn't yet. They haven't made a move yet, and I think they're waiting to be discount buyers um, come the deadline. Uh, with the Central, both Central divisions are are pretty not so great, but the Brewers are trending very well since the since the All Star break. They've won this this division for what now, like three years in a row, something like that. Something like that. They've yeah. been pretty dominant of recent, and even though they only have a one and a half game lead against the Reds, I think the Reds are a little too young. Um, Dela Cruz is exceptional and exciting to watch, and the Reds have a very exciting young team with a pitching staff led by Hunter Green. But they're just to me, they're too young, and the Brewers with uh, Corbin Burns and uh, yeah, I mean, they just, they, 
the pitching staff that they have, the who's their coach? You know, who's their coach? Um, Mike Miner? No. That's maybe. I really don't know, honestly. Well, I'll look that up. But in <laughs> the meantime, I, I think the Brewers will be, to me, in this division, I think the Brewers are going to be the only buyers in this oh, division. Oh, uh, uh, shoot. I have tip of my tongue. Uh, gosh damn it. Uh, I, I looked it up. It's Craig. It's Craig Council. Yeah, ex ball player. I knew it was an ex ball player, but I completely got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, he's a I don't great know manager. Why I lost that name as well, but yeah, he's he's definitely been one of the more promising coaches in the league recently. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I to me, it's them and nobody else in this division. They. The Brewers just mm. came out of a series with the Reds, swept them, and in three close games. And, and I think that at this point in the season, that's an inflection point. And just right around the trade deadline, if you're going into a series with your rival in the division and you just sweep them right ahead of the deadline when you're locked up in the top of the standings, I, I think that let, leads me to believe that the team that's very young might think, oh, we're not ready yet as a front office, and they'll look to sell. So I, I think the Brewers will be the only buyers out of the rest of this division with the Cubs, Cardinals, and Pirates also being sellers. That's fair. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Brewers are really the team to beat in this division, but with the Reds only game and halfback, um, I, I really think that they're forced into a seller, uh, a, seller a buyer perspective. Um, this is a team that broke out this year and obviously has been really really good one of the hottest teams uh in like uh, i don't know what the second half of the first half was that make it the second quarter of the season <laughs> i don't know what you call it but it they've been very good recently and so i i, I don't know I, I think they're gonna have to test out the waters and see if they can have as good of a second half as they have you know the last couple of months um I definitely think, given that the only game and half back, that they will be buyers uh, with the Brewers and um, trying to outlast the Brewers here. And at the very least, I mean, they're very much in the wild card race. Uh, looks like they're first place in the wild card or second place behind the Giants, maybe. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think the Reds will make a push for it. But yeah, I agree. The Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates, definitely sellers. Uh-huh. Um, which brings me to an interesting point uh the cubs obviously have say suzuki do you think he will be part of that selling oh no definitely not i mean they just got him and he has been very solid i I don't see him going in what what do you sign a five-year deal yeah i think it's five years so I don't really see him going anywhere. I mean, he's, he's, he's doing a solid job, and yep. you could say, obviously, he would fetch a good amount for the Cubs, but I think he this is him as part of the future and, and not something of – I think a guy like, uh, I don't know, um, Cody Bellinger is, is the big – the big name, that, and Jan Gomes is an older catcher who could fetch a, a pretty good sum um, from from a contending team because catcher is is a huge, I mean, 
it's a huge importance in today's, especially because we don't have robotic umps yet, and framing pitches is huge, and Jan Jones is decent at the plate, and he is a great fielding catcher. So I, I think he can manage a pitching staff very well in the playoffs, and he's proven so in his career. So I just think they have pieces to sell, but not Saya Suzuki. Fair enough. Um, moving to the last division, we're going to finish with the National League West. To me, it's the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Diamondbacks at Fires, and the Rockies, the Sellers, and the Padres in absolute no man's land. Um. I, I, I've been having trouble with the Padres. I thought you mentioned we'd be doing this today. They have so much talent on the team, and they're all locked up. Minus one soda. They're all locked up on massive contracts. You really can't be a seller as the Padres. You're not going to sell Machado. You're not going to sell Bogarts. Those are long-term contracts that you're not going to be able to ditch onto a different team, even if you want to rebuild. So uh, the Padres have already decided they're not rebuilding by that. I could see them being, uh, you said they'd be in no man's land. I, I agree with that, but I could also see them being a seller if they decide to trade a part with Juan Soto. Um that's the only form of selling I see in that team. I don't really even consider that a sell uh, side team. I mean, yeah, obviously it's a sell of a, a sale of a big player, but uh, I mean, if you are considering them a selling team, you expect them to trade Bogey and Machado and Tatis and everybody, and they're not. Doing that. I I think yeah, no man's land is a correct statement for that team. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe if they trade one, so that looks like a little bit of a selling team, but uh, I think that's as far as they'll go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Dodgers, Giants will uh, obviously be buying. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks will also be buying. Um, I know it's the Diamondbacks, but I, I still just don't see a team uh, with – you know, seven games over 500 selling. I, I just don't think that's wise. And, you know, Diamondbacks have been bad for so long. Give the fans a chance, uh, something to root for, a chance to make the playoffs, a chance to play late in the season, um, maybe get a wild card game. Like, just just give them a chance. Do it for the fans, if anything. Buy some players. It's not like you're making a huge risk. It's not like you're putting all your chips into the same basket. It's just it's just going for it while you're there. Um, and the Diamondbacks really have struggled in the past 10 years. So it is nice to see them where they're at. And do I think they'll compete with the Giants or the Dodgers? No. But can they finish in the wild card rates? Maybe at two or three? Uh, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think they will be buying um, Padres again, no man's land, and the Rockies will be selling. Okay. Is that what you said too? No, that's what I said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it today for us. Enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. 
And as always, Bill, take us out. Go Sox, baby. Boo. <laughs> Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge.